Avengers Inspiration, spoilery Thor talk. I just got out of the movie and we are here to tell you all of our thoughts on the movie. Maybe for two minutes, maybe for 20. We don't know yet. Um, so, Lily, what'd you think? I thought it was really good. Um, it has more story than the first one. A lot like more story. A lot more story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of like absorbing things as, as we're heading down the road here. Um, what were some of the things in the film that stood out to you? Um... Any favorite scene in the movie? I, li- I like the big um, fight scene. Oh, that one? Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one on, um, on Midgard. That, oh, yeah, where, okay. Like, were they dimension hopping? That was that, hilarious. That was fun. Yeah. I thought this film did a really good job of, of keeping the humor level that the Avengers had. Uh, the humor level was a little bit less... But it was still there, which I liked. There was lots of um, serious, dramatic moments. Yeah. Uh, deaths of people, and seeming deaths of people. Uh, yeah, bonus scene. Loki's... Well, not bonus scene. Bonus scene. I'll talk about bonus scene later. But, um, yeah. Loki's still alive. Yeah, the, the things that I enjoyed about the film were that the, the plot was so much more thick than it was in the first film. Yeah. Lily and I just rewatched Thor and the Avengers over the course of the weekend leading up to this. And I like Thor, I do, but it is essentially a very simple three act play, and there's not a whole lot meat to it. No, not really. Um, and then you have him show up in the Avengers, which gets his and Loki's story moved forward, except that Jane Foster's nowhere to be found, and she's off in Norway. She's very mad. Like, he's there, and he doesn't even call. Right. And then you get to here, and there's, like, this huge, epic quality to the film. Yeah. And she slaps him twice. And she slaps Loki. And, yeah. He's slapping people. <laughs> um, when the film was opening and they were showing the narration, I kind of got a brief Green Lantern vibe. Because one of the things about Green Lantern that gets a lot of flack is just how much narration there is to that film and how much has to be explained and although it opened up doing that I don't feel like we got that like as an overload throughout the course of the movie and I think he did that in, um, in Thor too with, the, uh, with Odin talking yeah and Lord of the Rings opens up with a narration yeah um, but you don't have you don't have to stop the movie and pull everything to a halt just to tell about the world like you do with Green Lantern and like you did like to the nth degree with Avatar The Last Airbender yeah. But um, but yeah, we really enjoyed the film. Really like how this played into the whole Avengers mythology with the films. Yeah. The last scene, you want to talk about those last scenes? Okay, so what is scene number one? The Collector. Um, the Collector scares me. He, he really does. He was weird. He was weird. And that entire scene seemed like it could be something that was in Doctor Who. It did feel very Doctor uh, 
I was going to say Dr. Huey. Dr. Huey. <laughs> yeah. I think we were now. Um, yeah, Collector was strange. I think that's the scene. The The director of this film, or he did not do one of the bonus scenes and sort of disowned it. Um, yeah, it's probably this one. Because this is the one that feels most unlike the rest of the film. Yeah, it's very weird. But I had heard that there was a Guardians of the Galaxy tease going into this film, and I'm guessing that that was it, because that feels very surreal, surreal, silly sci-fi, as opposed to the, like, epic, gritty sci-fi that we had. Yeah, and I think, I was going to think with them about this as we've been, um, we've been driving. Um, I think the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity Stones might play into Guardians of the Galaxy a little. Could be, could be. We could actually have the pursuit of another Infinity Stone or two be the part of that film. Yeah, because it is like this. It's, it's going to be um, Marvel's space movie. So the cosmic stuff. Cosmic. Now, did I understand him right? Did he say that the Infinity Gauntlet? I'm sorry. That um, the Tesseract and the Ether were both Infinity Stones. I don't know. Because he said we already have the Tesseract in Asgard. It's not good to keep two infinity stones so close together. And so he's handing over the ether to the collector. I don't know. I was, yeah. Well, the reason I bring it up is because in the comics, the infinity stones are just little o- oval shaped gems. Yeah. There's nothing really that remarkable to their appearance. Yeah, but um, it could be like in Harry Potter, the Horcruxes are objects. Oh. Okay, okay. Harry Potter references. Then I'm wondering whenever it comes time to assemble the stones into the gauntlet, which is probably going to be for Avengers 3 because it really feels like they're playing the long game with all this. Is the the Tesseract going to turn into a stone? Is the the ether going to are they going to like do some sort of morphing effect with those? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, the um the the tone of the film Lots of great mixtures of drama and comedy. The scope of the film, huge amounts of epic, huge amounts of fantasy mixed with science fiction. And dimension hopping is cool. The dimension hopping was very funny. One thing I did before going into the film was read the Thor The Dark World prelude, which kind of gives you some background information on... After the Thor film, through the course of the Avengers film, and after that, just what's going on in Thor's part of the universe during all of that, and what is Jane Foster doing during the Avengers film and everything. So it kind of fleshes out that stuff. Um, And the reason I bring that up is because it refers to Jotunheim as the planet Jotunheim, and uh, Valenheim as the planet Valenheim, which was just different because to me like the different realms of, of uh, Thor's universe just seem like different planes of existence or different magical places yeah. not not planets in the sky yeah like I, I was thinking of um, like our Midgard our realm is like everything that we know like all of space and everything that's all Midgard yeah that's kind of the way I feel about it too is that like this plane of existence is Midgard. But maybe it's not so much. Maybe that there are just nine key worlds that, for whatever reason, are tied together through a draw cell, and Asgard is one of them. Yeah. 
although they call Asgard the realm eternal, and it does seem to be like a heavenly, uh, fantastic, non-reachable place. Yeah, but Asgard seems more like a city than even a planet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this has like this epic fantasy feel with science fiction and space, you know, mixed into it, which is a really good feel for Thor, I think. Yeah. I've seen a lot of Thor in space and a lot of Thor, you know, doing stuff that's science fiction, but at his essence, he's a mythological fantasy character. Yeah. So having those two genres mixed together in this film, I thought worked really well. Yeah, I really did. Um, and then... Yeah, it, it set up good stuff for the rest of the uh, the films. We have the Guardians of the Galaxy film coming up. We have a nice political thriller coming up with Captain America: Winter Soldier. Um, I liked when um when when Loki and Thor were walking and it kept on changing, and they changed it to Captain America. Oh, that was great! That was hilarious. Yeah. That was a good moment. Lots and lots of great moments. I think I need to watch it again just to be reminded of all the great moments. But Loki's and Thor's dynamic. You know what? Whenever we watched Thor on Thursday or no, on Friday night, we watched the uh, the special, the deleted scenes. And there were some really good Thor and Loki moments in those deleted scenes that didn't make it into the film. And I kind of feel like the film was poorer for it. Yeah, because there's one scene of... um Thor and Loki before um, Thor was out to become king and it was really sweet between them and yeah and you lose some of that in the actual Thor film edit but you know they, they, they have to make the decisions they make based on the pacing of the film and the energy levels and everything and I understand why some of those things were cut out but at the same time there was a lot there Keenan is in the back seat also and he would like to talk about the Thor movie Keenan what did you like about Thor? All of it? Mm-hmm. Did you have a favorite part? Mm-hmm. I did the big fight. I did the last fight. Did you like how the hammer was flying around and changing directions? Yeah. It was flying in space. Well, we just wanted to give a little quick special episode to sort of, you know, talk about Thor and everything. And I think we've probably said about everything that's coming off the top of our heads without, like, you know, planning this out ahead of time or whatever. Do you have any other closing notes you want to say, Lily? Um, no. Okay, well, this has been the Avengers Inspirations Thor Spoily Review Talk special episode. And we will uh, close now with our traditional Avengers theme music. And we'll see you at the next regular episode talking about more Avengers Inspiration comics.